Hello and welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast. I'm Jack Ricks and I'm joined today by Tom Wookie Ford and Ollie Q. Rowan Horncastle and Ollie Marriage are both sunning themselves somewhere. But not together, as far as we know. <laughs> well, as far as we know. Um, now, what are we talking about today? Well, this is the podcast where we've got a story, a feature, if you like, that's too good to be bundled in with everything else that's going on in the issue, and we wanted to give it a podcast all of its own. So the, um, the magazine that's just gone on sale, the August issue, it's a bit of a summer special value pack. That's me trying to, trying to sell it to everyone, which means it comes with a free supplement. A free magazine, two magazines for the price of one, um, which is a 32-page supplement on Porsche. So if you hadn't heard, uh, there's a company called Porsche, and they're (laughs) 75 years old uh, this year. So what we decided to do was to try and condense 75 years of sports cars and latterly SUVs and saloons into uh, 32 pages. So it's basically one grand timeline that runs all the way from 1948 up to the present day. Is it just journalists going, I love Porsche. It's amazing. (laughs) Because that's what happens. All motoring journalists seem to love Porsche and it drives me insane. So do you dislike Porsche? Or do you dislike Porsche because everyone else loves Porsche? I I only dislike Porsche because everyone else likes them. I think they make brilliant cars, but it just annoys the hell out of me. And then you dislike yourself when you get in a Porsche and realise it's actually brilliant. I am so confused. (laughs) There's a lot of confusion when (laughs) I'm driving them. Everyone says, oh, watch this show. I'm watching this show. Are you watching this show? It's great. And then you deliberately don't watch it just despite those people i did that with game of thrones i did did that and then i got really into it yeah i waited until no one had recommended it to me for at least a month and now i own a dragon (laughs) (laughs) you're waiting a long time until someone doesn't recommend you a porsche though won't you yes yes. i I mean uh, let's just should we get full disclosure out here does anybody here own a porsche hmm <laughs> not me. <laughs> no, I don't. I I'm not rich a, enough. I've got very too many children. Used Porsche. I am its fifth owner. I've seen your Porsche, and it's very, very lovely. Thank you. And very it's much. not that used. Well, it's much more fun than a house deposit. And it's but just, anyway, it's amazing that you managed yeah, to get enough, your hands about on real life by a car. <laughs> you know, I think congratulations and everything. Yeah, Do you paint, want to tell everyone what it is? Paint a sample any day now. It's a 2013 Cayman. The bottom of the range. It's what I like to think of as the thinking man's GT3 Touring. Uh, prices on those are going up uh, massively. They're, they're suddenly really collectible, so I've heard. Axe now. Yeah. <laughs> if you know somebody's got one. Double thumbs up. Cool. So when um, yeah, when Ollie starts getting very excited about Caymans when they when they arrive in the The high timeline. point of the Porsche back catalogue, certainly. I've yeah. heard they're the best ones. Anyway, come on. Tell me about this Porsche supplement. So, right. Um, well, the way we're going to tackle this is... Uh, pretty loose and free i think let's um let's just take a walk through the timeline and we can sort of pick pick bits out that interest us and and sort of um for the full timeline you're gonna have to go out there and spend your money on the magazine and enjoy the supplement because it is uh, i have to say a labor of love from the art desk putting together this timeline which flows beautifully over all the pages it's um, really really tricky squeezing this much wikipedia into <laughs> just a page <laughs> But no, it's a really good looking thing. Can I kick us off in the 1940s with a quote? Oh, it's, like, oh yeah. I love a quote no, though. No. In, yeah. How good is this for a mission statement? In the beginning, not that in the beginning. Not, the, this there the Bible. was the earth. In the beginning, I looked around and I could not find the car I dreamed of. So I decided to build it myself. That 
is very Porsche's. I've been saying that for years, and nobody looks at the things I build and thinks (laughs) they're good. Yeah. Because they all have knobbly tyres, but we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, No, that is a very good mission statement. And so the car that he built in the first place was... A Beetle. (laughs) Jumped up Beetle. Let's get that right out of the way. It was a Beetle with its hair slicked back. That's what he built. (laughs) A very pretty Beetle. Have you driven one? A 356. A 356, yeah. They're Beetles. Yeah. They They feel like... No, they're they're lovely, but they're they're very of the time. I mean, they're sort of early fifties is the ones I've driven. Yeah, um, they they're good. They're light. This is the thing. Like old cars feel really light, but mm-hmm. the steering is. I think it's worm and ball or something ridiculous. So there's not nothing in the middle of the steering, and then it suddenly turns later on. Yeah, after you've had a good chat. But that's the thing. They were never going to get loads of power out of the engine. They're just after the war and everything like this. So it's like right, we can't make it powerful, so we'll make it. Light. Do you think they're good looking? Uh, I think they have a sort of cutish charm now. They look They're very pure. Yeah. Looking. You it's amazing I mean? how much of that DNA of a really early Porsche, like a 356 or a 550, actually lives on now with the kind of round headlights. And the like, no Porsches today have really angry styling. If you look at them, they don't have like yeah. loads of slashes and cuts in the bodywork. I mean, like have you seen a GT3 do. RS? Okay, that <laughs> one is the exception. Yeah, yeah, but like a normal 911 is actually sort of quite curvaceous. Bulbous. That is true. You, if, yeah, if you look at here, you can see that, especially the 550 Spider, when you look at the front of that, mm. and you can see that right through to the to the modern cars. In fact, they did a concept uh, earlier this year, the Vision 357, which was a bit of a birthday present to themselves to sort of commemorate 75 years since the 356 arrived, which was basically uh, if that model had been continued right up to the what modern it might day, look this like. is what it might look like. I have noticed that on this anniversary, Porsche has been doing a lot of presents to itself. <laughs> They're really bad at buying. They keep sort of, oh, we've done this. Imagine it's if you're trying to, to buy a Porsche gift. Yeah, they've already For bought God themselves sake, it. guys, I'm sure we're trying to get you something nice and you just keep no, building I've got yourself. myself. got myself something. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I wanted. It. I just, I can't, you know this whole thing about everybody loves Porsches, though, especially motoring journalists. They seem to absolutely adore Porsches. I think they're lovely, but because everyone likes them, I kind of, I'm a little bit put off. Yeah. They are almost too perfect, aren't they? Um, but not but, back in the day. <laughs> Back in the day, they could have, well, they could have gone the way as any other like well, they leak know, a lot of oil post-war company that was struggling and on its uppers and well, when particularly did they start? We, we've got a photo down here of a 550. It's the classic one with James Dean riding in it. You know, if if, if a high-profile celebrity dies driving one of your cars early on in the life of the company, it could very well have been the end for them. It's just yeah. need a, well, the, I mean, the thing is, it's not a surprise that he had a bad accident in one of them because they were quite quick, but they were made out of the foil from Kit Kat wrappers. <laughs> So yeah. they're just, they're really, really light yeah. and very tinny. Mm. And if you, I mean, you'd only have to crash one at 20 miles an hour and you'd be in serious trouble because that steering column would probably go straight through your throat. Yeah. So oh. quickly they moved away from race cars and that takes us, should we just move straight into the 60s? Yes. Yeah, so so uh, everybody's arrival... off the heads on acid. That's what <laughs> happened. The 60s were fun, apparently. I wasn't around. But that's the old, that's, don't look at me. I, can have a I quote. wasn't born in the 60s. I've got a quote for every yeah, decade. There's, there's that old truism: yeah. if you can remember the 1960s, you weren't there. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so no, the, the arrival of the 911, but actually it wasn't called the 911, was it, when it first arrived in 63? It was the 901. Mm. Uh, and they Do you only know why that was? I don't sleep reading don't off the that. supplement here. They only made 82 of those cars. Um, why was it called the 901 and then... This the is a, one of the great car pub facts. It was called the 901, and then Peugeot said, none, 
You may not have that because we own the trademark. For Is that because all... they're French? Are they? Yeah, and they yeah no <laughs> no civil play. You can do the accent. Um, yeah, they have the trademark for as they still do to this day for car names with a zero in the middle. So it seems uh-huh. like a very vague kind of patent. So I would like to patent uh, cars that whose <laughs> names begin with yeah. an A. I want a Please? skull and crossbones in the badge. <laughs> so there. Yeah. But yeah, so Peugeot had that. So Porsche, just being German and pragmatic, just went, okay, then 911. Yeah. What do you think about that? Wasn't and that a band in, in the 1990s? I think it was. I thought it was A1. With I the curtains. Well, I don't know. so off topic, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so the 911, just, whatever happened to that then? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Yeah, yeah, no. Massive failure. Well, it just a, died. A, Put the engine in the back. Stupid idea. Fantastic picture Well, it is here. a stupid idea. If you've actually, if you're an engineer, you don't put your engine after your rear axle because it's a stupid idea. There's those memes, aren't there, where people have photoshopped a horse pushing the cart along, <laughs> going like, this is what would have happened in medieval times if, the, if Porsche had been like, you know, if Porsche designers had been in the Roman army, they would have had their horses pushing the carts along with their nose. Sort of top of their head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It wouldn't have got very far. They would have had an empire. I mean, it's it's, it's compact mm. and it kind of works. Very aerodynamic. I mean, they've, they've proved it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what next, yeah, and then they spend the next sixty years sort of uh, yeah, engineering, engineering right, 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 right. But they're good at that, Porsche. They do, you know, like um, electrical power steering. But when that came along, and everyone, mm. oh, it's not as good as hydraulic. They went, well, just you know, give mm, us a couple of years, we'll figure it out. Oh, we've done it. It's now as good. You know, the PDK gearbox. There was a lot of grumbling about that, and mainly because of the the way that the they buttons, had to push, yeah. pull oh, switches that, yeah. on the wheel, and awful. everyone went, "Why aren't you doing paddles? They're better." And they went, "Because this." Uh, actually, you're right. Well, well the other thing was they were the wrong way around, as I recall. So the buttons that you pushed were ergonomically the wrong way around. So you kept oh. changing up when you well, wanted you could to change down. Upshift and downshift on with the same hand, couldn't you? So I guess yeah. it's like if you were sipping a coffee, you could up or down change without putting the I coffee. I remember down. driving but it was them. Silly, mm. and they got rid. But yeah, so the sixties is basically the nine eleven, isn't it? That's, yeah. That's, there's lots of other stuff, motorsport particularly, but the sixties, the nine eleven comes along, and nothing and would ever be the same again. The seventies, <laughs> I'd say, that's when speed starts to make an impact. Starts to make an impact. Uh, so the nine seventeen wins Le Mans in nineteen seventy. Mm, that that um, had some cool liveries. Famously, a very easy car to drive that wasn't it i mean the early ones were such death traps <laughs> yeah. they were so aerodynamically unstable the guys who raced those things back in the day what absolute heroes because yeah. if you ever see if you ever want to really really scare yourself google naked 917 oh is it just like wire because, yeah it just looks like a spider's web with the enormous volcanic engine in the middle of it, like the, the actual chassis, the kind of space frame of it, yeah. looks like it's made of paper clips that have been welded together or soldered. Yeah, and you just think, imagine rough. firing yourself down the Molson Strait before the chicanes at 240 miles an hour in one of those. Well, we're in the middle get a of the chance. night. Um, if you're going to the Goodwood Festival of Speed, Porsche is the headline. Act. Oh, are they running one up the hill? Yeah, well, they'll be running basically everything they can get their hands on from the back catalogue because they're. God, they're you imagine of... outbreaking yourself into Molcom. <laughs> But yeah, seventeen, seventy-five years of Porsche. They're going to basically do a kind of takeover at Goodwood, aren't they? Yeah. And get everything, all the really good stuff, out of the their museum and their their sort I of think filing cabinets. Yeah, they've got in twenty-five Germany. cars running. Yeah, 
How many? 25. Yeah, there's going to be... Of the historic fleet. Plenty of Porsches. Yeah, plenty of Porsche. Uh, and then 2.7 RS comes along in 1973. Probably, Ooh. talking to your journalists... Yeah, yeah, I can see... Oh, my Rookie God, space, it's the 2.7 RS. Everyone fall down in your knees. Although it is legitimised <laughs> by... We, we interview Andreas Preuninger, who's the boss of the... Oh, GT he's the coolest department. man in Porsche. The coolest, yeah. And, um, I bet you didn't tell him you hate Porsches. No, <laughs> but I didn't. I actually saw him two days ago, and we were chatting about stuff and the thing is that man is so into fun stuff and so not media trained yeah. that you come out of a chat with him thinking yeah they're all right i quite yeah, like it yeah. he's just so good so he grew up he had a 2.7 rs on his bedroom wall which is a lightweight 911 for the people who are lucky enough to have lives and be uninitiated it's a 911 <laughs> with some weight taken out of it sure. and set the template for the lightweight and specials the we have it's yeah. got a ducktail that's in a right color. he said yeah no so for me that was the perfect car that was the that was the car that sort of you know gave gave this guy a, a young boy because he likes driving that's why the bug yeah um, that was oh, his road to Damascus moment he yeah, saw that it has thought, to be blue and white for Pointinger apparently really 2.7 RS yeah. well, I always like them in that kind of limey green or orange but yeah. okay. I think what, that, what does he know that was basically the colour he had on his poster so that was the only colour I see Yeah. very formative those bedroom wall <laughs> posters let's leave that there yeah 911 Turbo arrives in 1975 again like did, do you think they had any inkling at the time that they were creating such an iconic name because now you know just turbo just to say all oh, things have gone a bit turbo just means everything's a bit out of control and wild yeah, yeah. and that was one of the cars that summed that up yeah there's an advert here one ride and you'll understand why most rocket scientists are german yeah and a the, uh, shot of a whale tail porsche very far in the air they yeah, don't make adverts jump. like they used to <laughs> they don't uh moby dick so the 935 excuse you <laughs> um arrived in 1978 um, i mean that is the car that looks like a 911 has crashed into another car and yeah. just rammed into the back of it yeah, yeah. you if can see a 911 under it after a whale then yeah again want to head to a search engine and look at the moby dick is one of the most outrageous race cars of all time and a great use of a livery just yeah. Wouldn't, yeah. Look, wouldn't look right in any other just look at it colors. from the back and you'll see a 911 stuffed up the back of it <laughs> Like yeah. some weird thing. And actually pertinent because, um, I don't know if you saw Singer just revealed their DLST, which is kind of a tribute to this car with mm. the most extraordinary wing. It it does look like I mean, it's, it's swallowed amazing. a 911. And it, also, it, it just proves that jumping the shark is something that anyone can do. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, our anti-Porsche correspondent. We're going to talk, talk about the singer a little bit more <laughs> uh, when we get onto the main issue pod, which we'll do in a separate podcast. Right, cue but, the synth. It's yeah. time for the 80s. Time for the ding, 80s. Ding, ding, Get ding, your ding, mullets ding, out. Ding, ding, ding. So, what happens in the 80s? Porsche isn't doing fantastically well in the 80s. It sort wasn't of, their best era, was it? It's funny though, isn't it? Because if, you, if you're watching anything on British television and they want to show it's the 1980s, some synth will start playing in the background. There'll be a close-up shot of some red braces and then there will, without a question of doubt, be a shot of a 911 driving through the city in London. And it's black. It's, it's always the same piece of stock footage and that is like shorthand for it's the 80s, greed is good, everyone's got a massive mobile phone the size Welcome of a house Wall brick. Street. And yeah. you, you look at that and go, God, Porsche must have been absolutely raking Coining it. Coining it. Yeah, yeah, but turns out that it was kind of a doldrums period for them. Didn't know what to do with the front engine cars. Were they going to replace the well, 911? What did we were get in not? the 80s? What, 928s and things? 
Yes. Well, 98 came out in the 70s, but it's when they were sort of refining it and pushing that further. Was it, it was, 1982? This was when the 911 was supposed to kind of taper off and die and be replaced by these front engine cars. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. There's yeah. a story that someone at Porsche, and forgive me, listeners, I can't remember their name, but there was a graph in a Porsche boardroom kind of showing when the current models would last until. So, you know, like dates along the bottom of the graph oh, and lines. And the 911 had a death date. And they got up and took a felt tip and continued the Porsche line and drew drew it off the end of the chart and onto the wall <laughs> and just extended it into infinity because it was like, you do not understand how important this car is going to be to us and how unique it is. And again, wow, that I'd is the way to be right. now, though. They've, they've started to appeal to me even more now. Is it because bit more affordable yeah probably yeah. the i mean what's the most affordable Porsche now probably one of them from the from the 80s nah, it'd be a boxster surely oh yeah no, really well, yeah but not counting. i mean who'd have a boxster <laughs> they're for idiots <laughs> mid-engine Porsche, say actually speaking of the 80s we've just got to circle back to a car which set the template you could argue for all of the modern hypercars mm. the 959 although you know again a car that oh the 95 oh the rolling laboratory on wheels and it was there was some quite impressive technology but it just looks like a sort of fettled 911 surely a hypercar has to it doesn't though it does it looks like it, a 911 no, with a mattress balanced on the back bits, but it does if you ever you know when you if you ever seen one on the road go I've, oh i've got a 959 the other story day, but it was parked up i've just forgotten this oh god um i was coming home from a shoot in london um in an mr2 uh, for some reason, can't remember. And this 959 in dark blue pulls up next to me on the slip road for the Westway. And I looked over and it was Johnny Herbert. Yeah. And I sort of wound down my window to talk to him and he absolutely nailed a 959 off the lights and I chased him in an MR2, which is a fairly loosey race. <laughs> but he had to come off at the next junction, so being a bit of a stalker, I followed him. Or was it Johnny Herbert or Eddie Irvine? I think it might have been Eddie Irvine. Anyway, it was one of those people. Interchangeable racing drivers. Nice anecdotes, legends. <laughs> and the, uh, as he came off the Westway and down, and it comes out and down, he lifted on this 9.5 and it had gone, gone. And it shot flames right out the back of this car. And I just pulled up next to it and just went, oh, brilliant, <laughs> and like double thumbs up. And he just looked at me like I was an absolute tool. He loved it. He loved <laughs> it. Just it. like, uh, but oh, yeah, okay, but, so, mm, right, cool, it's though. going up in my estimation. Oh, no, yeah. they're great. They're, they're really cool. And when you look back at the spec list that car had with its sort of hollow magnesium wheels, tyre pressure sensing, adaptive four-wheel drive, sequential turbocharging, this is all stuff that we totally take for granted on modern cars, but... Yeah. And like meanwhile, the Ferrari F40 is still made of birdcage. Yeah, so yeah, all this suspension and stuff. But yeah, we're talking about a company that was, yeah, slightly on its uppers. And yet they went and designed the world's most advanced supercar. Although annoyingly, didn't it do 199 miles an hour? Well, this is one of those classic stories of German mm. understatement, isn't it? That the story goes that Porsche claimed 199 miles per hour because it was terrified that its owners would go to the Autobahn and see if it could do 200 and then would get very cross if it didn't. Whereas Ferrari just went, hey, it's no problem, and said that the F40 did 201. That was a casual and bitch of xenophobia there, my friend. <laughs> I'm just quoting the legends from back in the day. But um, yeah, the 959 well, is Well, if you, if you take the skin off an F40, which is kind of you know that classic like F40 versus 959 mm. if you've ever seen an F40 you know you're talking about the 917 being made of bird cages and paper mm. clips and F40 still looks like that yeah. whereas if you look at a 959 it looks like a car you could actually yeah. have a crash in and not be posted back to your family yeah, yeah. wasn't it the welding and, and paint jobs oh, on the really F40 bad. that were 
You can see the paint box through. section. That's how you know that an F40 is original. Because if you can still see the weave of the carbon fiber through it, it means that it's never been resprayed. It's been factory painted. Yeah. So Too that, that was that was all do. The I paint on a nine five nine probably weighs about ten stone. Mm. I just like nine five nines, and then they made the Dakar nine five nine, which made it five times as cool. Well, of course, yeah. Giving a car racing pedigree, not just um, and a lift, and like going to like, Mon mm. or something, but by winning the Paris Dakar. Okay, nineties. What happens yes. in the 90s? All the best people were born in the 90s. Were you born in the 90s? <laughs> I was. I was born two years before Porsche did something called the 911 GT2. That's quite cool, isn't it? I drove GT2. that when it was launched. Mm. No, no, that would be the later GT2, surely. You're thinking of a 996, I bet. Yeah, anyway, I the, the, the most important Porsche of the 90s has got to be the Boxster. Because yes. this is Porsche going, right, we need a car to save the company. What we'll do is we'll put a detuned engine in the middle of a car making mm-hmm. a kind of tribute to the old 550 Spider, a mid-engine roadster and then we'll chop the front off that and the whole front of it with our new wobbly looking headlights and the bonnet and the front suspension and everything, we'll put that, that'll be the front of the new 911 as well and yeah. the, even, even the carried over the doors so basically the front half of a Boxster was the new water-cooled 996 very controversial and um, all of a sudden Porsche had a two sports car range and that was until the Cayenne came along the car to save Porsche yeah it's interesting if you google the concept the concept caused a lot of fuss when of it the came Boxster. out of the Boxster yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think you can see it in the SUP 1993 the concept car uh, yeah really it's worth interesting. check out the supplement everyone because the photo of the, the Boxster concept has got some great 90s fashion choices <laughs> In, in the, the background. background. <laughs> oh, yes. What was with the red aprons? <laughs> What's going on there, chaps? Yeah, it's bizarre. I really but, like um, that. And the concept, even more than the production car, looked like it was driving in both directions at the Push same me, time. Push me, pull you. Yeah, yeah, it did a bit. Yeah, which is an interesting look, but but hey. But their thinking's right there, isn't it? Yeah. The thinking is to get the, you know a more affordable Porsche out there, and Boxster's been cracking on ever since. It still sells yeah. loads. And platform sharing—that's such a you know a modern thing we're getting used to, particularly with EVs now. There's loads of cars spun off the same platform, but doing that with Boxster and 911 was very, very clever. Now there's a fun little panel that we've dropped in here, which is the greatest Porsches they never made. Um, should we? Should we have a look at a few of these? Not all of them, of course, because we don't want to give too much away. Yeah, go on. Pick a, pick a favourite, then. Okay. Uh, favourite would probably be the Porsche 965, which basically looks like a 959. And this was a V8 911 that never made it. So it was designed to slot between the 911 and the 959. What, a V8 in the back still? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, so it's you... designed to go under the 959 in the range, but yeah. have a bigger engine and more cylinders. Yeah. Good. 180 mile an hour max speed never got beyond the mule stage because turbo versions filled that role already. So they realised they didn't need a bigger engine didn't because you could just up the turbos. They were trying to fill a gap that was already filled. But, but there you go, still, what a great how cool. sliding doors moment. Maybe if that had caught on, then the 911 would have switched to be a V8, V8 rear engines car. And Sounds good to me. Yeah, could have been interesting. Um, one other? Go on then. Go on. They're, all right, the Porsche 989. Um, so way before the Panamera Saloon or the electric Taycan was real, came along, yeah. there was this, the 989, a front-engined rear-drive saloon that could have Four used door. a 300-horsepower V8 and replaced the 928, um, but it was killed off in 1992. 
it's not a million miles away in looks from a Panamera. No, even so, that could be it? a buck for a Panamera, couldn't it? Yeah. yeah, and that was early '90s. It just shows how, yeah, that, that, that those want, ideas just get filed away. Do you want to know one 911 that they never made? Which was the one I tried to get them like two years ago to let me build like the Dacia Sandero stepway of 911s. And I wanted to get a basic white 911 and put black plastic bumpers on it with single speed aircon, a five speed manual, and steel wheels. And they said that I couldn't build it because people would want to buy it. <laughs> I was like, that's not fair. That's... Just give me a 911. But ironically, they have done a 911 with plastic bumpers in the form of the Dakar, which they're charging oh, they're about a quarter of a million quid for. Well, you know, can you remember like in, back in the day, the Japanese manufacturers used to get like Evos and things and do like an RA with a one decent seat and everything stripped out and steel wheels because the rally drivers would buy them and do yeah. them up. Toyota have done it with the new GR86 as is that, well. I you saw can buy that. a Japanese-only one which has got like steel wheels so because they know that you're going to take the wheels off and the bumpers Make off a rally and car. modify it. Yeah. I think they I, do it with like the Ford Bronco in the US as well, just a basic one because they know you're going to change the, pull it all the off suspension anyway. and put 30 I, tried to, I just thought it looked great with steel wheels and black plastic bumpers, but Porsche the, North America weren't having it. All the Porsche executives listening, which they no doubt absolutely are. So There's the, a business case. Just give me 20 minutes. Special. It's the access. That's what the I was access. trying to remember. It's yeah. the access spec. So 911 <laughs> access. Or what was, like, it's a 911 L. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Love it. Plastic steering wheel, away you go. So, yeah, we've got, come through the 90s, water-cooled engine. Yes, we've done 2000s. that. Does anyone get too aerated about that? Pardon the pun. Like, water-cooled, air-cooled. Does anyone, I, I mean, there's, like, this big, because there's Luftgekult in mm. I think we can say, I'm glad that the internet and forums wasn't really about when that happened, because it would have gone Melted into the internet. Meltdown, <laughs> yes. But I think now we're pretty much over it, and no one's getting out of a <clears throat> modern GT3 touring with a 9,000 RPM redline and go, oh, I wish it was air-cooled. Absolute <laughs> rubbish. There are people that do. <laughs> I do think it's quite fun what's... Singer are trying to do with the air called 911 and basically take it to its absolute extreme, mm. you know, sort of hobbling themselves by sticking to this traditional technology. And then, you know, like the, the, the DLS has this absolutely insane. But they have been to Williams there. Advanced Engineering, no, I know. so effectively uh, F1 grade yeah, engines. No cost, uh, no cost barriers whatsoever. Yeah. But um, all right, 2000s, something controversial happened. Uh, the big boy. Yeah. The big boy arrived. Yes. So, so Porsche does an SUV, the Cayenne, which again, at the time, so controversial, what are they doing, lost their way, blah, 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 absolutely ahead of its time. And then everyone drove it and went, oh, it's, it's yeah. quite, because don't forget yeah. at that point, a lot of the SUVs were actually a bit, they were four by fours, so they mm. were big tractory things. Mm. And then the Cayenne came out, it wasn't a sports car, but it was very definitely not like we were used to, because we were driving around in Range Rovers, Land Cruisers, yep. that kind of stuff. Yep. Mm. That was a different thing. Yeah, And this was on a, the same kind of platform as like a Volkswagen Touareg, wasn't it, back in the day? And if you think nowadays, a Cayenne... It was, but it wasn't. But yeah, it was. It was, it's no, sort of, it, it was there'll be but... something related in there, deep in there. But now, the Cayenne these days is sort of sister to a Touareg and an Audi Q7 and Q8 and a Lamborghini Urus and a Bentley Bentayga. They've, they've just gone, hello, we're onto a winner here. But and it, it still feels different. Blossom the idea. Yeah, and it's Isn't still weird? one of the very best, I think. Yeah, and that's all down to Porsche knowing how to do their suspension and tuning and not telling anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they might have the same bones, but Porsche's... The one thing I will say about Porsches is that they manage to always feel like Porsches. Even Taycans, which we'll get mm, yeah. onto in a minute, still well, feel we'll like Porsches. Well, we'll go there now. But I, yeah, that, that was it, wasn't it? I remember going to the launch of that car and getting in it and going, please, Ooh. I don't know what quite what feeling like a Porsche is, but I'll know it when I feel it. And you pulled off around the first corner and you're like, ah. Oh. 
it's still got the steering. It's an electric it car. It sounds like a right Porsche. Car. This is bizarre. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's 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 steering, but it's the seats, it's the position, it's the how everything looks and feels. So early two um, thousands, Porsche's done an SUV. Knows it needs to repair some, you know, build back some bridges with oh, yeah. the faithful. So X Le Mans spec V10 in the middle of a carbon fiber mm. supercar. Pop it in a bathtub. Carrera GT. A Carrera GT. Now I've never driven one, never even sat in one, so I'm about to die of jealousy while Tom Ford tells us what that is like. Uh, well, I, I, <laughs> ideally, you never drive a Carrera GT for the first time in front of anybody. Mm. Uh, all I did for the first two tr- attempts was stall it because it's got basically no flywheel, so it revs like a bike. Yeah. And then uh, I didn't realise that. And then I it's got carbon fibre clutch as well, isn't it? So it's super. <sighs> I can't actually remember. I remember the gear sensitive. Clutch. It's a silicon carbide clutch. If we're going really, technical. it's quite snappy. Yeah. But the uh, owners get used to them very quickly. But obviously, I was. And the trouble is, I was in front of people, and I wanted to make a good impression. So I, I sort of the third time I tried to get off the line, I slurred the car through the clutch. Out took 10,000 miles of life out of it. Basically, it was, it was an awful moment for everyone involved. But, but once you were moving, any good? Yeah, they're, they're not easy. Hmm. Uh, I think they're, and it didn't go horrendously fast. I just think they're, they feel like racy, but quite racy. The way they change gear is very racy. The way they react to camber is very racy. So if you get on a funny road, they're a bit dancy about Um But I think the satisfaction with them would come from having more exposure and getting to know how to drive it. I I don't think anyone jumps in a Carrera GT and just goes, oh, so it's easy. You know, they're difficult. Mm. And there's something wonderful in that challenge. Yeah, and then more and more these days, that's that's lost, isn't it? You know, electronics and Mm. we're looked after. What went up against the Carrera GT then? But that was like the the early Holy Trinity. So you're kind of thinking Ferrari Enzo and McLaren Mercedes SLR. So you see, I drove all done. of them, and it's it's completely different. That's yeah. how old I am. So SLR feels like a boat. It's mm. just a big thing with an engine, and it, it's just massive. Um, but looks awesome now, makes hell of a noise. And the Enzo actually was pretty damn good mm. at the time. But that was like super techie F1 for the road, whereas the Carrera GT is more kind of your love letter to analog, isn't it? Yeah, I remember but, it all coming out, though. I remember Clarkson going on the... So Jeremy Clarkson stopped doing launches, and then he went on the Carrera GT launch. It was on yes. the cover of the magazine. I it was remember. on the cover of the yeah, mag. Yeah. Where it's, it's included in here. It's it was that important. You managed to get him out of his it was Cotswold's hole and take him out somewhere. It's literally there's a sort of tree lined lane. Clarkson leaning against oh, the, the window, that. and it says Clarkson drives the Carrera GT. To be honest, you don't really need to overcomplicate that headline. Mm. Do you? Hell of a film yeah. on the Tally Show as well. Anyway, just looking through the rest of the 2000s, and I think you can definitely plot the moment that the Cayenne checks start landing because Porsche goes from being a company that kind of makes one, one and a half cars to, you know, they're an SUV maker, they do a supercar, they do the, the 911, they're doing the Boxster and then there's like the new, a new 911 GT3 model. Hmm, will that catch on? They take the Boxster and put a roof on it and give us the Cayman. Then they start investigating that saloon concept we were talking about earlier yeah. and by the end of the decade, the Panamera's coming along. I mean, you know, Porsche is just exploding and kind of popularity and profile like and amount of cars in yeah. this time. It's madness. I like a Panamera. Not the early one. That was such a bad looking car. I can't remember the early ones. I yeah, just like a Panamera. so ugly. What yeah, do they, but ugly did they kids do that on cool. purpose? You know, the, the first gen KM was an absolute hideous mm. thing. But it, no, at the time it wasn't. It's like 
we're looking at it through the lens what? of at the being time, older. The early Porsche Cayenne yeah, was everyone not hates everything, don't they? Bad looking. <laughs> Everyone's always really grumpy about new well, things. They do it on oh, purpose, and then they it. sort it out. There was a thing about Porsche's boss at the time said that the Panamera must have enough room for an adult passenger to sit behind an equally sized adult driver but i think he was like seven feet tall (laughs) so it meant that the roof line and the back of it was just all wrong yeah and then they hired someone shorter and then that's why the (laughs) second panamera is much more elegant at the back they sucked it out they got a new boss yeah just just he was like this is too roomy let's just let's just compress it guys (laughs) moving swiftly on into the 2010s the 2010s i mean now the so the gt department is really up and firing on all cylinders and we're getting GT3s and uh, GT2s and this all, is when all I started business. testing cars isn't it yeah. somewhere around here mm. so I was I was starting to get into these things at this point yeah um, and they're also getting into the hybrid age as well because it, it, I can't believe this is over 10 years ago now that we first saw a 918 concept this idea of a hybrid hypercar from Porsche it doesn't feel that still feels like the new yep. Porsche to me yep. but that's actually a veteran I saw one the other day because we we went to do a walk around video with the Mission X which is their new pure electric hypercar it's a concept they're hopefully going to build it in three years or so the box mm. there? Hmm? isn't that going to sort of tell us what the box is going to look like the oh yeah box so there. the front end of the Mission yeah. X yeah that'll that'll bleed into yeah the, the electric came in the electric boxster that are coming and they had a 918 there and it just still looks good it looks futuristic the interior the still works it's, underrated of that holy trinity of yeah. the the whole lot sort of I the think. quiet one of the three it's the one it? i would have bought when we did that holy trinity thing with the um la ferrari and the p1 the mclaren p1 that was the car i would have bought mm. It didn't win the test. I think the LaFerrari won the test. But um, it was the car you'd... If you had to choose a car to drive every day and mm. do all of the things, apart from the fact they all had those Visac pack carbon seats, which are like sitting on a church pew. Yeah. And I, I actually don't think they sold any with the comfort seats. And then one of them with the comfort seats would be the ultimate daily yeah. hypercar. It was just such a, such a perfect blend of um, that engine. It was a sort of race-derived... Um, naturally aspirated V8, 4.6 litre V8. Um, just such an angry engine. But when the it bump, fired up, it the like, bump. It, 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 you'd start an electric and then the engine would bump when it felt like it needed to and it would make you twitch the car. I'm always thinking with any kind of hybrid, but particularly something as rarefied as that, what if it's like stone cold? We're talking like, you know, 1st of January, it's flipping freezing, brass monkeys outside and you cruise off and then you suddenly boot the engine and all the oil's all cold and gloopy. No, How because it, it all it fires it, it all round it. It wouldn't. It doesn't do it like that. It, the engine oh, they can, they'll, that, they'll move everything around. It's not. Like, <laughs> it's not stone cold to ten thousand RPM in one in one hit. No, they they do all sorts. Well, I wonder of why I didn't see them in the Menders all the time. But I'm a man of the people, so I've not driven any of your Porsche supercars. But I have driven the Macan, the, uh, oh, yes. the which came along just afterwards. So this again is Porsche being very clever with its platform showing because it took the Audi Q5, which no one's writing home about, and turned it into a small SUV so class-leading that it's still on sale today. And it's still the best-seller. And it's still pretty excellent. Like, I yeah. love the Macan. You put that up against on, the Merc these? It'll so there's, there's, is it Macan or Macan? I was always told it was Macan. Because it's Taycan. 
Yeah, but you sound so. But you London, sound like a ding dang. You yeah. say that. <laughs> I can't. To be honest, I just sort of periodically flip between all of the above, oh, yeah. just to sort of <laughs> spread like a my bets. <laughs> but anyone who's been listening <laughs> intently, like Porsche and Porsche. Exactly. That's I, I just get... what I was going to say. Anyone who's been listening really hard will be like, oh, "Hang on, are you pronouncing the company name indecisively yeah. on episode?" Do, well, in German, it's video. Porsche. Yeah, it should be Porsche, <laughs> but, we, but then I slip into I, Porsche yeah. and then get told off and then I go back to Porsche and then forget and go back to Porsche. It's because I grew up with my dad calling it Porsche, mm. so I struggle to mm. forget well, we're that. not German, so there's got to be some leeway. Mm. Forgive us for our pronunciation. Forgive us. Yeah, don't um, worry about it. McCann, uh, really good. McCann. <laughs> McCann, McCann is a really McCann. good car, though. Really yeah, good car. You say McCann, I say McCann. McCann. Tomato, to be... tomato. <laughs> <laughs> if... Um, if if you have got a copy of the supplement in front of you, you might be wondering, why is the photo you've used of a Porsche <laughs> Macan, um, why is it covered in paintball rounds? Well, that's yeah. because when Top Gear originally tested the Porsche Macan, the best way we found to do it, um, it's actually before my time, but the best way the team at the time did it was um, they went and tested it at a paintball it range. Was a pa- no, it was a, I think it was a... Um, well, yeah, kind of army training. Yeah, an army sort of training. Thing. Yeah, thing. and it was, you know, the, the, the fewer rounds that hit you, the more agile and better handling it is. So yeah. that's a great test. Yeah, that's, that's proper science, that is. That exactly. Sense. That's clever. Um, I just want to point out 2017, this uh, 919 Evo, um, which was their Le Mans race that they then sort of reimagined if there were no racing regulations like how how fast can they make cool. this car go mm. which is just such that a fun cool. exercise it's the, it's the sort of thing you talk about in the pub but you know we don't have the budget or the know-how to make no. it happen they did it and it did a lap of the Nürburgring in five minutes uh, 19.54 isn't there an onboard video of that as well yeah there's onboard and it, it, you do keep looking for the fast forward button yeah. and why is it stuck on and then you realise Oh, it's not. There's also there's a really, really good split-screen video somewhere on the internet of someone who put its lap of the Spa-Francorchamps F1 circuit alongside Lewis Hamilton's qualifying lap in his Formula 1 car that year. And if you freeze-frame it, it's, like, identical. I think the, the 919 ends up being one second slower, and it's, like, a full Le Mans car oh, with, a a, with an interior in it. It's yeah, yeah. nuts. So, yeah, that was Porsche kind of being let off the leash and at the same time as they were developing, yeah, if we look at 2019, the Taycan, the electric Porsche. Oh, didn't they? What, what was that Moby Dick tribute car, though? That, uh, oh, yeah. Same year, the, yeah. The, yeah, the, 935. That, like I, a, that was like a 911 GT2 RS with no limits, no rules, wasn't it? Guess who had to test that? Yeah. It was me. You guys always get the super No, I had to go in that because we had it along to, to Speed Week. Did we? Uh, yeah, Clermont Ferrand. Oh, no. I, did, I wasn't invited Portsmouth. that year, so I had to go. It was. I had to go somewhere else and uh, be trained by Porsche. And then they, the one thing that really bothered me was they, they data logged my entire set of laps over yeah. the two days. I thought it was quite friendly though. It it's looked, very friendly. Yeah, because it looked like, oh my god, this is going to rip my head off. Um, but actually, what you realise with the car that's set up, so it's track only. By the way, you can't drive it on the road. Is that track cars are designed to be driven on the track, and it has. And they're very good at tires and lots mm. of downforce and, and all the things that look after you. And I was like, oh, actually, I'm quite good at driving. Yeah, yeah. The car was just <laughs> Until just it lets go and then you're not. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I loved that car, though. That was really good. Yeah. Um, so the Taycan, we sort of touched on it earlier, the, the, this big scary moment where we all go, oh, no, Porsche's going electric. It's all going to be rubbish. And really lo and behold. Yeah. And what is it about a Taycan that, that made us go, oh, everything's going to be okay? It's the fact it still feels like a Porsche. Yeah. Porsche. Yeah, but there's we we did a thing in California with it when it came out, and the photographer Jamie Lippman had um, 
a very early 9-11. And the idea was to see if this is sort of pure 9-11 distilled, has the Taycan got any of that in it? And even though conceptually it's completely different, it still felt like a Porsche. So that was really interesting. Though I did take it to one of the biggest chargers that we could find. And we plugged it in in California. I think it was like a 500 kilowatt charger. And we plugged it in. And when it switched on, all the hairs on my legs stood on end. (laughs) And I thought it was sterilizing me. (laughs) So I had to leave. The first time I plugged into it, I think it can charge at 270 kilowatts. It's sort of max charging speed in the Taycan. So yeah, I plugged it into a 350 kilowatt. And the hose vibrated. was vibrating. And I was like... (laughs) Guys, look at this. You can feel the electrons going through the hose. <laughs> Turns out it's actually liquid cooled. Yeah, it's, it moves. Because, yeah, it, it's such, it gets so much very power. hot. And I, I was just feeling the cooling system. <laughs> but it does sound like I a like sort of, your story better. Yeah, yeah it sounds like a superhero origin story. Yeah. Like all of a sudden you got zapped and then you woke up and you could fly. Yeah. yeah, the thing is though, like back when electric wasn't quite charging at those kind of speeds i mean teslas were doing roughly that but i'd never driven a tesla mm. or I hadn't driven many of them charged them up yeah. that was charging up really fast yeah and you're like oh okay yeah. it all really it actually works yeah but yeah big heavy car mm. doing some more work on that and that takes us into the 2020s 20. with i mean just the amount of stuff they're up to now that you can buy a Taycan cross turismo a kind of off-roady, all-roady, electric estate lifestyle thing, or you can have a GT3 RS with a wing that's got how much downforce? Like 800 kilos? 860 kilograms yeah, exactly. at 70 miles an hour. You can know, I talk about can... what I did last Monday yet? I don't think you can mention that. No. I can't mention it. No, you can't. I'm not allowed Stay to mention it, Stay tuned to TopGear.com no, that, the, for the embargo for more Porsche stuff coming. Is Early I think August. it's beginning of August. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, well, so what if I mention a little bit about it? No, keep, you know, you well, you're going to get so sued. If you mention it was it wasn't a very good colour. That's all I'm going to say. All right, all right, all right. You tease. Um, but actually, so just looking at this page, this is the this is the final page as we bring it up to the present day. Just the variety of what yeah, Porsche that's exactly my point. To. It's just heavy hit after heavy. Uh, specifically, the 911, which has now mutated into, as you said, the GT3 RS, which is just Truck an monster. extreme. It's road legal, but really, it's a it's a race car mm. for the road. But then on the other hand, the 911 Dakar, which is them playing on their rallying heritage, um, you know, doing a lift kit on the on the 911, the 911 um, GTS and knobbly tyres and uh, just the, the, the bandwidth of, of, of what they're doing at the moment. And then... But they're all special editions. They're just riffing on the same tune, surely. The I don't g- think the customers seem to mind. Well, they're selling all of them, aren't they? They're not, yeah. that's, that's, that's hasten to add that we're not the customers. Why aren't they doing like a city super mini? I mean, come on, broaden, <laughs> broaden yourself out a bit, boys. Come yeah, on. where's the Porsche version? They've, they've shown they can turn an Audi Q5 in something amazing. Where's the Porsche version of the Polo? Yeah. Yeah. Oh come my on. God, it'd be so good though, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd right. be like a Lupo GTI. Lupo 16 valve. <laughs> oh, if Porsche did a Lupo 16 valve, it'd sell its arse off. <laughs> you never know. Aren't they working on a new sort of a replacement for the VW Up that will be a affordable little electric city car Volkswagen now yeah so Porsche could you're saying Porsche that, version of that I, I didn't see why that's not that. a thing I would do that that'd be great and this oh, is the company yeah. that lest we forget are currently investing a lot of money aren't they in Chile on a plant to make synthetic, synthetic fuels. fuels to keep you know these engines that they've, well, they've built keep, some of the world's best engines and now they want to keep them isn't going. that just because yeah. it's windy in yes. Chile and it's yes. all wind they're, they're actually making the synths from uh, renewable power so it's a little bit less 
energy intensive. I think they're producing one barrel a month. Um, no, I'm joking. It's very, it's a very small plant producing a token amount of synthetic fuel, but right. the intention is there. And and rather than it being, oh, this is the silver bullet that will mean we can produce new combustion engines forevermore. I think it's more like keeping all the 911s and and all the good stuff we've already made on the road and running for... Okay, I'm going to ask you both a question. If you, and I know what you're going to say, but that's not, we'll get past that. If you could take one Porsche from the entirety of that supplement and then have it in your personal garage, which one, or garage, which one would you have? (laughs) Porsche in your garage. (laughs) I'll have a Macan in my garage. (laughs) Would you actually? No, 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 sorry. I just wanted to say Macan. (laughs) It's called a joke. Um, well, given that the um, the high points, the datum points, the zenith, the two point seven Cayman from twenty thirteen <laughs> isn't isn't pictured. Well, you'd have to, another one. Uh, um, <laughs> well, I can't nominate my own car. You'd have a so. weekend one and a, and a work one. He's having a little browse now. You're having a little you know browse. I'm, I'm gonna because I really not, wanted the Miami blue version. You've but. hogged all the supercars. So I'm gonna say the Carrera GT. And so what if I stall it? I just you know I'd rather cry in a burnt out clutch. Yeah, it'd be fine. yeah. Okay. I'm not going to go for a Carrera GT because I've decided I've never driven one and I probably shouldn't because I'm just going to stall it. Oh, you it's think it's Don't Meet Your Heroes? Don't Meet Your Heroes, just, you know. Um, I'll take a GT4 RS because it's that kind of pinnacle of the... Um, Is it, though? The modern, yeah. I like it. And it's, it's just noisy. so noisy and so silly that uh, that that induction noise on uh, would keep me happy forever. So I'm going to be stalled. Jack's going to be deaf. I'm also, you going to be I'm also already a bit deaf, so it's not that noisy. I'm, I'm going to have a real problem between two. Can you remember the 911R? Yes. Yeah. Manuel and a bit like... Mm-hmm. Supposedly not the last the manual thing. 911 GT3 Yeah, no, <laughs> back in the day, like, I was never going to do this again. And it's... um. Because it was just, it wasn't necessarily about going that quick. It was just a really cool car, and I had I had a really good driving one, uh, taking it home from a speed week in Austria once, yeah. um, or a nine five nine Dakar. Those two cars are the things that stand out for me. You can't have two. You can only uh, have I one. can because this is this is imaginary. <laughs> this isn't the real world because in the real world I'm having a Porsche badge. Well, there we go. We'll we'll, we'll leave it there with work. Uh, being greedy yeah. <laughs> breaking the rules right, breaking the rules um, I canter through the entire history of Porsche there but that was really skimming the surface of this mighty supplement that's with the next issue yeah and if you're listening on Spotify um, let us know which Porsche you would have from the last 75 years um, in Dakar. the comments underneath 959 Dakar <laughs> and don't just copy work uh, and choose more than one stick to one you're only allowed one okay um, alright well thanks for listening I hope that was fun make sure you get your hands on on the issue as I say this supplement comes free with the new mag um, enjoy it and uh, yeah catch you on the next one bye